Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're going to talk about cats and seniors. But before we jump into that conversation, help me welcome my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hello, everyone, and hello to my beautiful wife that presents a wonderful show. Wow, so we are talking about senior cats today, huh? No, no, we're going to talk about cats and seniors, like senior people and cats. <laughs> this is interesting. So why are we talking about this? Well, we got an email from a listener, um, and we love emails from listeners. Yes, we do. From Mike and Jane, and they said, Hello, Molly. We love your podcasts and listening to you and Dewey. We have learned a lot. We are in our late 60s, and my husband is blind. We have our cat, Emily. We call her Emmy. We walk slowly, and we're aware of Emmy. Oftentimes, she walks around our feet or sometimes romps and zooms. We love Emmy, and she's a very good cat. Do you have any advice for older persons or disabled persons who have a cat and love their cat very much? Thank you very much for your help. I see now. That's an interesting discussion. We haven't had that one before. And I'm glad mm -hmm. that they reached out to us for that because that's, again, something that you don't think about and probably wouldn't have come up on your own. Uh, mm -hmm. Or I know I wouldn't have thought about it. So what Although I, I am getting old, so I might have come up with that one. On uh, <laughs> I think I'm uh, in that category. <laughs> I don't know about that. So... Um, what are some things that elderly people should consider with their cat ownership? I would imagine the age of cat you're adopting makes some sort of significant difference also, right? It does, because just like, you know, we did an episode about mismatched play styles when, you know, you have an elderly cat at home and you adopt a kitten, that can be the case with people. People too, you know, we and I joke about getting old, but seriously, we're at the age. I'm at the age of when we got an, a new cat, Pico. I said this is probably our last generation of cat, assuming, you know, he lives to be twenty. And I really didn't want a kitten, which would have meant we probably could have had two more generations of cats, <laughs> but. Pico came along and he was a kitten and felt like it was the right thing. And so we adopted him. And, and I have to admit, you know, I, my patience is a lot thinner than it was when I was probably 35. And um, so, you know, it was harder. It was much, much harder having a kitten. It's kind of like, you know, when your really young grandkids are around, it's, it's probably like that. It's definitely... I, I think the energy that it takes and the time that it takes to get through that kittenhood 
time to where it's an adult cat that's a, a good, calm member of the household can be can be difficult and challenging for, for an elderly person to deal with. Ah, and what about cats with an owner who is blind? Because macular degeneration and other side issues can be common, I would suspect. Yeah, and it and that is that that is a, a very um, important thing. I mean, what if Mike trips over her when she's underfoot? Yeah, you know, right. both of them could be seriously injured. So it's a it's a that's a serious issue. And, you know, I would think that the, the cat's going to need to have some really, really good training. And especially if you have a cat like that, that loves to rub your legs and walk between your feet and under your feet. So this this is where some really good clicker training skills would come in. And I'd start that with treat toss, you know, because you're you're tossing a treat. So like if Mike was going to get up and walk somewhere and was worried she was underfoot. Well, let me back up a minute. The first thing I do is put a bell on the cat so that Mike can tell where she is at all times. And then also carry a little treat pouch or in his pockets, cat treats. And when he gets up, toss treats so that, you know, he's moving her away from him as he's walking. But the best thing to do is clicker train, go to place or go to mat. You know, we do that a lot with like a placemat or a towel or something like that. And you set that down and then you begin to click and reward the cat for going over and looking at it. And then you click and reward as the cat puts a foot on it and then two feet on it. And then if a cat just goes over and sits on it, definitely that's awesome. Click and reward that and then put a verbal cue to that, you know, go to place, go to mat. So if he had her on cue where he could just tell her, Emmy, go to mat, whenever he got up to walk, that would be ideal. He'd know where she was. She'd know she's going to get a treat and everybody's happy. You know, really, it's only positive reinforcement that works well in training cats. They don't respond well to punishment or things like that. And, and, and of course, Mike and Jane don't sound like people that would ever punish her for or yell at her for getting under their feet. But there are some really good positive reinforcement ways to train cats to move and go places that you want them to go. And if you, know, you, that's you, know, and if you can't, I'm, but, I'm sorry, I was just going to say if we, if, if you're not familiar with clicker training, we do have a podcast on it and I have a handout on it and be happy to help. So you can just email me Molly at cat talk radio. If you, if you want some additional information about clicker training your cat, I'm sorry, you know, what were you going to say? I was going to say, what about dementia? You know, dementia is another thing that elderly people suffer from that oftentimes, you know, you, if you're going to have a cat, I know for an example with my dad who's had dementia for a while and we had to put his dog down um, and he really, he, he, he doesn't remember, he periodically remembers, but during that time of dementia, he was always feeding the dog more than he needed to. And the dog was gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. And it was one of those things that every time you turn around, it w he was feeding uh, the dog because he couldn't remember that he fed the dog already or mm. given, 
table scraps or something and couldn't remember that that uh and the dog just keeps eating and eating and eating and you're not really taking care of the dog at that time you're just making the dog more miserable i think so not that everyone gets it but it, it can be common i guess yeah, you know, we I I googled actually the top conditions related to age and sadly I and I didn't know this, but it's it's much more common dementia, it's much more common than you think. It said 50% of seniors over 85 experience some form of dementia. That's a lot. That was Yeah. That was much more than I than I thought and a scary statistic cuz in reality 85 is not all that far down the road <laughs> so yeah right but you know when you have dementia pets um pets like your dad's dog and cats can can be very comforting you know during that time and and very grounding for people too i think but you know if someone's living alone without a helper those routine things like feeding you know might not happen on time like your dad they might happen all the time creating a an obese pet with a whole nother set of of issues but it may be the other way too maybe they forget to feed them and the animal's not getting enough food and you know even if it's just not consistent and regular which you know you would probably expect with that with that condition um that sets cats off of routine and when cats don't have routine behavior issues crop up it makes them very cranky that things do not happen on time so if they don't get fed on time then you know they're gonna let you know about it as you well know <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> for sure for sure what's something else that affects seniors that you'd be worried about i think the biggest thing that worries me about elderly people and cats are you know how thin our skin gets as we age and how easily we bruise. Well, you know, we were in the mall with my mom and dad, Bob, and there was a dog and dad, Bob loves dogs. And the dog, you know, was young and not yet trained and would jump up on people. Well, I went over and greeted the dog. And of course, dad, Bob couldn't help himself. And he went over and greeted the dog and the dog's nails, you know, went down the back of his hand and just ripped the back of his hand wide open. Not that the dog was, you know, the nails were super sharp or, or the dog was being aggressive or anything. It's just that his skin was so thin, it just ripped like tissue paper. It was awful and it took forever to heal. And I think, you know, people that, that are susceptible to bacterial infections and things like that, that can be awful. Just the tiniest little nail, you know, scratch or worse, bite because there's so much bacteria in the mouths of cats that that can become extremely, you know, serious really, really quickly. In fact, I had a behavior case come across my desk yesterday, an elderly lady that uh, said she was in her 70s and uh, she got this cat off, you know, adopted a cat and um and the cat had a biting problem and um she wanted me to to help her with this biting problem so we're we're working through that case now but it's it's a real issue you know when you've got to keep their nails trimmed for sure really short because you you can't risk those you know those wounds and those open wounds all the time so i i think that's 
That's one of the biggest things that concerns me. You know, I think about that and I think about the situation with cats and going back to the dementia for a minute. You know, you think about um, uh, feeding times and being able to feed your kitty at the same time. What's your thought of that? Of of feeding them at the same time. I mean, like, well, if you have dementia, it's probably not happening. You know, well, like right. you said, it's either happening way too much and the pet's getting obese or it's not happening enough and that pet ends up ends up hungry. I mean, I think that's a that's a serious, you know, thing. If you have a family member with dementia, you know, you you need to be watching closely and making sure that they're able to take care of their pets at that stage in their life. Well, right. And and I think where I was going with that is is that cats respond a little differently than than dogs, it would seem. You know, where a dog is just going to sit at your feet until you go feed it, a cat may get aggressive with you. And maybe, you know, like when Pico gets hungry, he comes in here and he's nudging on my legs and rubbing up against me and nipping at me a little bit like, hey, come feed me, (laughs) you know. Yeah. So with a dementia (laughs) patient, you know, somebody that's becoming, you know, and getting uh, dementia, maybe one of the behaviors has to do with feeding, you think? It could, it absolutely could be. And, and, you know, we, we think about it when we get old, you know, we're talking about different conditions on this episode, but it's not likely you're going to have just one of them. You know, you're, you're probably going to have a combination of it. You're going to have dementia and really thin skin, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, you will. That's right. So it, yeah, you might think, oh, my cat's biting me all the time. The cat's biting me all the time. You know, it's because they're hungry and they're not being fed properly or at the same time. I could see that being a real strong case for people getting rid of their cat because their parent uh, is going through this. And and they show up at the shelter and look, go, hey, this cat's biting my mom all the time or biting my dad all the time. Yeah, we get them all the time where it says, in fact, um, we got four cats the other day. Someone had had uh, taken these, they were clearly, they were only about eight months old, and they were really not socialized. And I, and the reason for surrender was the person was disabled and unable to take care of the cats. And I think they probably brought kittens in and tried to raise them and um, just didn't have the ability to socialize them. So, yeah, it happens a lot. You know, another thing to think about is, of course, as we get older, is the hearing loss. It's another it's another experience that elderly people usually have. I think the statistic, the statistic is about three people, every three people over 65, you know, and some people like myself are having it at a younger age. But, you know, hearing is a difficult thing. Cats are soft. You can't usually hear them, you know, that you can't, you know, unless you can somehow feel them next to you or they're rubbing up against you or something like that. Maybe you're getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and you can't hear them and step on them or something. What's your thought of that? Yeah, it, um, you know, you'd be best to speak about that because, you know, before you got hearing aids and, and I'd say, first of all, that, you know, there are corrective devices. Wait, let me back up even further. I think, you know, that statistic is I think it's about one third one third of people over 65 have hearing loss and we certainly see it in our family. I mean, I'm the only person who can hear mouse farts, but <laughs> the rest of you can't hear 
worth a crap. And, you know, you have excellent hearing aids. And of course, you're not a senior, but your hearing loss happened from from something differently. But, you know, cats meow at higher frequencies, and that's the most common frequency to go. So, yeah, you you might not hear your cat meowing. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. And if the cat is like hurting or we we've come in and found a foster hanging by a thread off of the the blinds, you know, you wouldn't hear that if you weren't in there and that could be a problem or maybe your cat's stuck in a closet by accident where you open up the closet to get something out and the cat goes in and you don't hear it going in the closet and you shut the closet and you you leave or you take off and you don't hear the meowing happening so there's probably a lot of things to consider if you're going to take on a cat and you have hearing loss now if you've got your hearing aids in i guess during the day it's probably okay but probably a difficult mm-hmm. thing to do okay could could it be a good thing if you have uh you're not very annoying uh cat vocal yeah, yeah, it it could be a good thing that you're deaf if you have an annoying vocal cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that could probably be a good thing. There are a couple, um, you know, behavior consults I've had for people that cats are just, they're like, she talks too much. Can you help me make her stop talking? <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I always wish Pico were more conversive with me. But, um, but yeah, if you, and, and, you know, when cats go deaf, that's another thing is when cats go deaf, they get extremely vocal, you know, they're like, and they're always, you know, and if the cat is senior and it's deaf and it gets dementia and it wakes up and it's confused about where it is, it starts screaming. And so, yeah, you being deaf might actually come in handy in a situation like that. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, and the opposite is true, too. So if you're a senior person that has hearing issues and you don't have your hearing aids in or you don't wear your hearing aids uh, very often, having a vocal cat somewhat, t- I, I guess, could help at, during that time. But then when you have a really loud cat and you put your hearing aids in, yeah. then it becomes very annoying um and i i could see that being a problem probably in both directions so yeah and then yeah. there's and then another another thing that that elderly people have to deal with is osteoarthritis and that's really painful i mean it you know most of the people who get it have it by the age of 55 but you know the majority of cats over 10 years of old also have arthritis you know so if if you're a person that has arthritis, you know, and you have an elderly cat also or senior cat, share share the warmth together because you know warm really helps to soothe arthritis pain, and and then there's nutrients. Both of you need the same nutrients like omega three fatty acids that kind of helps things in your body stay supple. Warm blankets, you know, lots of heating blankets, heated beds for your cat. Lots of cuddle time and commiserating with that that sad, painful condition. Um, that's got to be terrible on both parties if that were the case, mm-hmm. you and the cat. <laughs> yeah. So what about what about diabetes? I mean, we talked about a lot of different things that elderly people have, and I guess the list could go on and on. But I understand about thirty percent of the people over sixty-five are diagnosed with diabetes. Yes, that's true. That's a that's a sad reality, and. 
you know, the lifestyle changes that, that they that they prescribe, exercise and healthy diet are, are good for both of you and your cats. So take that journey together, you know, over, gosh, I think it's, it's some huge number, like over 50% of cats are, are overweight and obese. And so your pet cat can probably benefit also from the treatment of your diabetes, you know, more prey play. So get up, get that wand toy, move it around the couch, you know, and walk around the house with it and engage your cat in prey play. It gets you up moving, gets the cat up moving. And then just like you, you're going to probably have to change your diet. Look at what you're feeding your cat at the same time. Feed your cat a better diet, less carbs, you know, more protein. That's, that's good for all of us. So that's another journey, like, you know, like the osteoarthritis that you can take with your cat and both of you benefit from it and you feel like you've kind of got a, a partner and a, and a support person to go through that with. I just called a cat a person. <laughs> <laughs> I think in your world, that's probably close to it. <laughs> they are little people in cat yeah. suits. <laughs> yeah. So I think the bottom line is making sure that you're healthy enough to take care of a cat, you know, for mm -hmm. sure. To meet the cat's wild cat needs and staying free from infection are the two big takeaways from today. Is that right? Yeah, I, I'd say absolutely. Make sure that you're healthy enough to take care of a pet before you adopt it. And and a cat, you know, cats gotta have gotta have a lot of things. They're not a no maintenance pet. So make sure you can do all the things that cat needs. And there's probably one more thing that we really didn't talk about. And we talked about adopting a, a kitten and the energy that takes, but I didn't mention lifespan. You know, if you're 70, should you really adopt a kitten who might live to be 20? You know, we all think that we're going to be healthy and mobile forever, but the reality is not that in more cases than, you know, sadly. And there's a good number of cats that are surrendered to the shelter for their owning owners passing away and the family just not able to care for the cat. There was one uh, I had to look at on my behavior eval list just the other day. And this poor cat was hiding in the side cubby and very depressed and not eating. And, you know, these cats have sometimes the most difficult time. They're, they're grieving the loss of their caregiver and then they're thrown into a shelter it's it's really horrible horrible to see and it's not you know it's absolutely not what that person who passed away would want for their cat so making a succession plan for your cat is really really important you know talk to your family and friends about it and Line up somebody to care for your cat when you pass away and make sure that that is particularly stated in your will. Cats are property, you know, whether you like it or not, legally pets are property. So because it's your property, you can will your animal to someone. Obviously, talk to them about it first. Do not will your cats to me without talking to me about yeah, for it. Sure. Make sure that someone is willing to care for your cats before you just go ahead and do that. You know, there are also um, cat senior cat sanctuaries or cat sanctuaries across the country 
best friends is one of them. You can Google a bunch of them and you can, you know, you can make a, an arrangement with some of those facilities that you, in exchange for leaving them a sum of money upon your death, they agree to take your cat in. And again, put all that in your will so that your family knows where to take your pet and not to a municipal shelter where it's really, really hard on just the average cat, but the cat that's grieving, it can be such a horrible, horrible time for them. Uh, so I think that's a a super important thing to to think about when we enter our golden years is, you know, like it or not, it's not always going to, we're not going to live forever. And we need to make sure that the things that we care about most are are taken care of in the way that we would want them to be after we pass. Yes. And I think you have that set aside for Pico in the event that something happens to you and I together, right? Yeah, I do. I do. I I have a a succession of people to care for him that I've already talked to. And then I have money set aside for uh, for a charity to to take him in the event that none of those people want to. So, yeah. Yeah, it would be horrible. I mean, he would just he has terrible, you know, he's a COVID pet. So he, he has horrible separation anxiety as it is. And gosh, if something permanent were to happen to you or I, oh, it would just be, it'd be super hard on him. And as we saw when we recently boarded him, which is kind of like putting a cat in a shelter, he did not do well. No, know? he did not. <laughs> Ooh-wee, he'd be, he'd be on our behavior cat list for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This whole topic has been interesting, sobering, and Today, you know, it becomes a reality when you start thinking about we all are going to get to that spot at some point in our life. If we're some not of us faster there. than others. Yeah, some <laughs> faster than others. That's right. So I want to say also thank you, Mike and Jan, for sending us this because um, it it's a real it's a topic that we probably would not have come up with on our own and really is something to think about and, and talk about. Molly and I both are taking care of our elderly parents. And um, fortunately they don't have, we only have one that has a pet at the moment, but they have had pets. And so it is something to think about. It is something to consider. And I think everybody out there that is, you know, watching their parents get older and they have pets that this discussion should be as forefront is talking to them about their will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And getting and getting their plans for their pets. You know, what do you want to have happen to Fluffy when you pass? And let's talk about that and talk about, you know, how do we take care of that and make sure that Fluffy gets taken care of? You know, a lot of people just expect that their kids are going to take their animals in. Well, of course they'd care for them. And it just doesn't always work out. You know, people have pets of their own and sometimes integrating another family pet is is just more than what we can handle and you know you it yeah it just doesn't always work out that way you know it's always a hard topic too i know that you and i are both have been through this talking to your parents about things that is end of life is a difficult conversation anyway because you know they don't want to think about it they don't want to talk about it you know they also don't want to talk about setting up or setting the stage or planning to the future, at least not most of them. So it's a difficult conversation, but I would 
definitely encourage you to persist in saying, how do you want us to care for this puppy? And, you know, and that's kitty, you know, we, we have parental units that refuse to discuss it and do not have wills in place. And, um, and if they had pets, that might be a really good way to motivate them, actually, to, to make a will, you know, because the the fear of, oh, my gosh, when I die, Fluffy's going to the shelter would be like, oh, no, I better get a will going so I can make sure Fluffy's taken care of and, and spell out what I want. So it might even work in your favor. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. So I'd like to invite our listeners to send your questions and to our podcast. And if you have any ideas uh, for a topic, please send those to molly at cattalkradio.com. She will uh, definitely go through them and she'll do the research behind that and present that. And hopefully you can get some value out of that. Also go to there and get uh, go to the website of Cat Behavior Solutions and Cat Talk Radio. Be sure and like us on Facebook also on Instagram, YouTube, just follow mm-hmm. us. Just yes, follow. <laughs> absolutely, because it, it, it helps us. You know, the bigger the audience, I, I, it helps us. So, And we post some really good stuff out there. On, on Certainly on our social media, we post some funny stuff, and uh, you get a chuckle, if nothing else, and and some good tips on, on behavior and cat behavior and cat care and, and all of that kind of stuff. This is an absolute all-volunteer-based organization and podcast. We do not get paid for any of this. Believe it or not, Dewey does it for free because he loves me so much. (laughs) I do love it. Yes, I do. (laughs) And we do this to help you learn how to better care for your cat and to increase that bond between the two of you. And we're going to keep doing this as long as... Shelter Shelter euthanasia euthanasia is the number number one one cause of death death in cats. Until next time, everybody, keep calm and purr on. Thank you, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 